Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the U-Turn Podcast, here for you every single week to help upgrade your confidence and elevate your work and love life. I'm your host, Ashley Stahl. Perhaps you know me as a former counterterrorism professional at the Pentagon, a life coach, a Forbes columnist, or the founder of Cake Publishing Ghostwriting House. We've got four free e-courses for you on U-TurnPodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N Podcast.com. So head on over there if you want to grab one of those to land a new job you love, find your purpose in the workforce, launch your dream business, or get more connected in your romantic relationships. And now let's get started with this week's guest. This episode is brought to you by Cake Publishing, Ghostwriting, Publicity, and Copywriting House, there to help influencers and entrepreneurs get their voice out there in a much bigger way. If you're ready to make a bigger impact, head on over to cakepublishing.com. That's C-A-K-E publishing.com. Okay, everybody, welcome again to U-Turn Podcast. It's Ash here, and I'm with one of my closest girlfriends, Hello. Angie Lee. What's up? Angie is a podcaster. Her podcast yeah. used to be called Rich Bitch. Now it's the Angie Lee Show because she ain't no bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't, that name didn't suit you. Like, maybe yeah. rich, but like rich and nice. You know, crushing it, but kind. Rich, nice girl. Yeah. Yeah. I did get a few emails saying they were very offended by that word. Oh, you're always going to offend somebody. I know. So tell me, I feel everybody listening, what I want to talk to Angie about is how to be yourself, how to create success. And those of you who are thinking about doing that side hustle or getting started, uh, Angie is the master at being herself and making money doing it. And I think that those of you who want to stay in the workforce, that's fine. That's awesome. But there's ways for you to make money on the side, and I think there's really a lot of empowerment in that. Yeah, yeah. And Angie started her podcast, when was it, Angie? Like a year and a... No, it's been a few years now. How long? Is that bad that I don't know when it was? I thought it was 2016. Two, three, yeah. Twenty end of twenty fifteen, yeah. Yeah, I want to. So I want to tell so everybody about this journey. Like I know. I'm bad at. Well, you know, in Myers Briggs, you're ENFP and I'm ENFJ. Oh, so that's I'm right. really good at time. Yeah. You me? We don't know. No, I have no concept of like. <laughs> when, was that when I was seven? Was that when I was twelve? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Well, so uh, Angie and I want to talk about you know just how to get your start. So I figured it would be so awesome yeah. if you could just share like yeah. what happened. What was the shift in your mind when you were in the workforce yeah. or and, and moving into entrepreneurship? Yeah, absolutely. For me, I've always known that I wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was little. I was the typical baby entrepreneur at five, six years old asking my dad, hey, can you help me to make clip art? These like little <laughs> ghetto fight, as I like to call them, these, <laughs> these flyers I would put in the mail for different businesses like dog walking, lemonade stand, like everything. I love the transaction of sales and I think it's so fascinating. And since mm. I've been little, I've always been obsessed with, hey, if you have something of value, someone will give you this thing called money and there, there's this energy exchange. I thought it was really fascinating. And so I've always been extremely entrepreneurial. School was very, very difficult for me very difficult to the point where they'd always call my parents and say, she's very nice. She's very kind. She's social, but she is like not here. Like I was always a dreamer. I always, I think saw things from a bird's eye view and 
thought that school was jail. <laughs> I literally did. I was like, what is going on? We stand in lines. We respond to whistles. Like, what the fuck? Well, do you remember that Mark Twain quote? What was it about the only, something about Which learning one? being education, not at school? You know? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I would say I'm very street smart, but I'm not school smart. <laughs> so for you, you women and men listening who resonate with that, and you're like, yeah, college and, and school for me was always really difficult. So there was always a lot of resistance around the traditional educational system. And I was always this free spirit, this free bird. And I actually left dietetic school a few months early because I just couldn't do it anymore. And I saw so you were almost done and you yep, left. Yep. Wow. I, I walked into my counselor's office one day. I was like six credits short. So I had about a year to go exactly. And I worked really hard to get in. They only accepted 30 women into the program. And I walked in one day and she looked at me like I was an alien because at the time she thought, what are you going to do with your life? You, I thought you were going to go be a dietitian in a hospital. I had started this wellness blog and I would be in chemistry classes, literally responding to my people or like on writing on my blog. Yeah. I would just be like chatting with people. So tell me people. about that. Like what made you start that blog? Because I think so many yeah. people don't realize that mm-hmm. their future selves yeah. would just thank them so much for creating something, something that has potential. Yeah. Right. That is really beautiful that you say that because I think... Why I think right now, what are we doing that our future selves are going to be really happy about maybe yeah. this podcast. Yeah. And I was really bored in college because I didn't go to class, obviously. <laughs> Killing it. I'm just being literally honest on this show. As you should. I literally didn't go. Because friends, yo. Keep it 100. <laughs> Keep it 100. I literally wouldn't go. I would be like, what else could I do today in the world? I just always thought life was interesting, but school was just the worst. So I'd be in my college classes, dietetics classes, and I actually went to Mizzou originally to be a broadcast journalist. So oh. that was the vision. Be you the next Katie Couric. Yeah. Be the next Katie Couric. Da, 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 which is funny because podcasting is pretty much that. broadcast journalism. Yeah. And um, so, but I was studying dietetics and I was a personal trainer on campus, a nutritionist. I was an intern at the dietetics hospital and I was learning everything and I was literally cons- consumed and obsessed with wellness and health. And so I would come home from, well, hanging out outside or whatever I was farting around doing in school. And <laughs> I would, I would, I would blog and be writing to people. And I started to use social media as a business pretty much right away. My friends are like, why are you always posting tips on Facebook about wellness? I'm like, I don't know. I want to, I want to share it with people. I was always a natural sharer. Sure. And I think that I was a visionary a little bit in the sense where I anticipated that social media was going to just grow and blow up and be the new way that people monetize, change the entire economy. I just had a feeling that this was how people were going to communicate. So I would be posting these tips and basically, uh, you know, uh, unintentionally building an audience. I didn't even know what that was then. Now it's like a thing, like build an audience. It was just, hey, let me treat this like a relational game, share what I love with people. This is what I'm eating. This is how I'm working out. This is what I'm doing. And people started to become really attracted to it. So I would be on campus. My my roommate would say, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm uploading a photo of my burpees or my workout. She'd be like, you're so weird. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm sharing it with people. Now that's probably the thing they do in the dorm rooms, of course, with, with Instagram and whatnot. Mm-hmm. This is before Instagram. And so I would share. And that's what kind of grew for me is this feeling of, wow, you can inspire people through health and wellness and really make a difference in people's lives. And I became addicted to coaching and really getting into this personal development space. And Well, do you know what that makes me think, Angie, yeah. is that... Anybody listening right now, it's like you can feel down on yourself. You could feel like you're not whole or you're not worthy or you're fraud. But at the end of the day, everybody point blank knows something, knows how to do something, has a random, unique, natural skill that they could wrap a business around. Yeah, 100%. If you speak a form, even your language skills, the fact that we both speak English, we could teach English online. Like we could be tutors, like. 
Oh, yeah. There's so many ways. So it's like our basic language skills. So right yeah. now, I think anybody listening, it's like if you're thinking about making a side hustle yeah. or earning some money on the side, which I have so many questions for you about sales because you're such a master at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have no idea, guys, the interest of being friends with Angie. It's like seeing her in her business, she's such a badass. But being friends with her, she's so crazy and all over the place. It's the best. Um, but I, I want to ask you, you know, yeah. and I think that you yeah. somehow were able to harness this part of you that's all over the place yep. and turn it into money. And yeah, yeah. I think that um, I want to just focus in for everybody listening. Please take a minute and think, what are some of the random things you know how to do? Are you good at gardening? Do you have different language skills? You garden girl. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to make an Etsy store and sell your arts and crafts? Like, I have friends who crush it on Etsy. Oh, I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like so many people are crushing it. So many just in a mastermind once I, I met a woman who got rich on the internet selling Scottish terrier dog figurines. No. Like she's the top seller I'm on quitting. the internet. Turn, of turn the off the dog this. toy. <laughs> turn, turn off this podcast. I'm about to go do this. Yeah. I know. You but isn't it amazing that we live in this time where this is possible? And I hate when people are like, oh, social media and oh, it's so addicting. Dude, because of the internet, I have everything I have and I've inspired these people. And because of this thing called social media, I think it's the most beautiful, amazing thing that ever happened in this technological revolution that you and I got to experience, which mm-hmm. our kids are not going to understand. They're like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. We got to go through that. I think it's the most beautiful thing that ever happens to the economy, how we exchange, how we communicate. Yes, obviously some crap came with it because with light comes, you know, darkness, but it is amazing. And I'm super grateful for it because if not at the time when I decided to leave college, I would have never been able to experience that. So I agree with what you're saying to anybody listening, thinking, oh, what can I do? There are so many opportunities to monetize on the interwebs these yeah. days that it's so vast that there's so much you could do to even just make a little bit extra. I know Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about this concept of selling your shit on eBay, yeah. even like starting that exactly, small, exactly. Which and is the thing is, doable. and I don't know if anybody listening, you've heard that story, or if you've heard it, Ange, of the guy who started with a paperclip, and he traded the paperclip for something that somebody needed. No, and then he kept, and then he kept trading things that he got, and he eventually got a house. What? This is a real thing. Like if you Google it, the guy with the paperclip trading his paperclip, he ended up getting a house based on trading and it started with a paperclip. So the point is, right? Like there's so much, you never know what you have that other people want. It could be all the way down to your clothes on eBay. You could go, if you love fashion and you want to go to thrift stores and find, you know, little hidden gems and literally sell them on eBay, you can, that's the world we live in. And so, you know what I want to use this conversation with you on is what you were just asking me on your podcast is about money mindset, because I admire your money mindset. You know, being good friends with you, being good friends with Manabuchi, it's like, you guys, you guys crush it. And there's an ease to both of you. Even, Mm. you know, man, you have, have a belief mm. uh so everybody listening angie has a belief and it's really deep inside of her mm-hmm. that anything she touches money's gonna come mm-hmm. it's not an ego though like you don't mm. come around like i'm the shit and i mm. you just seem to approach people like yeah i'm gonna do this like it's, it's like gonna play work. for you yeah you trust everything's gonna work there's not a lot of lapse in the idea you have and yeah. that you want to do and the thought that it's gonna happen yeah and i think a lot of people that bridge is really a tough one where it's yeah. like i've got this idea and they, it's hard, tough to walk the emotional bridge of and it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah it's actually gonna, pay gonna for work it. yeah so <sighs> What do you think got it. you here? I love it. I love it. And like I'm so a... grateful that you recognize that in me because oh my God. I didn't even know that was really a thing until other people recognize it in you. And I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, most people aren't like that. They don't yeah. think that it's just going to work out. And so I think it's a few things. One, I think I'm super grateful that most of the time I think I'm just 
an optimist. Like I think I was born, thank God, knock on wood, and I use it as a gift of, to inspire other people. But I was born with this ability to – I'm always that person and that friend. And my close friends and my family would tell you right now it could be storming out and it could be the worst day ever and shit's hitting the fan. And Angie would be like, you know what, guys? We could still figure it out. Mm-hmm. I am just like oh, – I've always been that way. I don't know what it is. I think I always see that there is something great in – every bad situation. So one, it's been being an optimist and believing that it is going to work. And I think it's also this small naivety and I, I'm naive enough to believe that it's actually going to work. And I actually think that that's my greatest strength is that Mm. I'm naive enough to be like, Oh, this will work. And Mm -hmm. then I manifest that. Mm -hmm. And that's the intention that I set. So that's Mm -hmm. what happens. Mm -hmm. And again, I didn't recognize that till I think my dad one day even said, you know what, Angie, the most successful people, because my dad had the typical story, didn't even graduate high school, built a multi-million dollar company, came from the south side of Chicago. And one day he looked at me at about 20 years old and he said, you are the spitting image of me and the fact that you have the ambition, the drive. And he said, and there's also something that you have that I think is very interesting. And you have this naivety to you, this small sense of it that I think is going to make you successful. And I finally get what he means. He means that the Sometimes the people who are the happiest are the ones who truly believe it was possible to be happy or mm-hmm. to be successful. It's almost like that idea of being kind of stupid happy. Exactly. Like, I'm like, like beginner's of course mind. it's going to come to me. Yeah. I just keep, I have a very fresh beginner's mind to things in life. And I see life as a game. I mean, once you kind of have a deep conscious understanding of what's really going on in this game, and I think you do too, you're an old soul, I think you can kind of look at it and just kind of laugh and be like, why wouldn't I go try that? We're all going to end up in the same place. Like, yeah. why not? It really grounds you, especially when a loved one passes or yes. you have gone through bad experiences, you realize that this is just a game. It's meant to be fun. And play and humor has been my way of really coping and getting through it. And I think that it's naivety. It's this optimism. And it's also this, this law of attraction and this manifestation. Talk to me about that. that I believe fascinating. In. So what do Which you believe part? about law of attraction? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know about it, of course. Yeah, but, but I don't really study it. It's hardcore. Oh, okay. So essentially, this is Abraham Hicks. If mm-hmm. you guys want to go check out her work, you'll be in the, the black hole of the YouTube. The best black hole. Sparkly black oh, hole. You'll, you'll feel so good about yourself. Wake up and watch Abraham Hicks for five minutes every day, and you're just, your life is, is set. I wake up, and I literally just watch her. I'm like, damn, I could have anything I want. It's right in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> and you do. But um, it is interesting. So she essentially, there's this concept, no matter how woo-woo you are, listening to this right now, it is the universal law that what you put out does come back. We are basically just magnets. We're a ton of water and magnets, essentially. I always joke and say we're like this anxious cucumber that's a magnet, right? Anxious cucumber (laughs) magnet walking around this ball. And it's a visual. (laughs) I love it. It's a bunch of little cucumbers with eyeballs looking at each other. (laughs) Little magnet eyeballs. And once you start to realize that you're in a lot more, I would say the word control, I don't know if that's the word I want to use, but we're in a lot more... I would say maybe control than we think we are of this life and what happens to us and what comes back to us. And so I have this deep belief that my thoughts are generative and what I think about enough actually happens, whether it's my health and wellness, my business, it's money, my relationships. And then I have this deep belief that I'm attracting exactly who I am and who I show up as. So when it comes to sales or business, I think that if I show up as someone who's abundant and I'm focused on the outcome that I do want, that's actually what happens. And so a lot of the secret, maybe you guys saw that documentary or Abraham Hicks' work is essentially around this, that if you think about it enough, that's what comes into your life and comes mm. into your atmosphere. And for the negative, right? Like if you think Absolutely. about the worst, Absolutely. a lot of people are so focused on their fears that they create them. You know, yep. I kind of was thinking about neediness yeah. and how, you know, the needy person, their biggest fear yeah. is being alone, right? Like, and that's why they're so needy. They cling on to people. Yeah. But that exact clinging on to people is what make people need space. 
<laughs> right? Like, leave you alone. So yeah. they create this loneliness that they're afraid of wow. by holding on to people mm-hmm. so tightly mm-hmm. that it's suffocating. Yep, yep. So it's like that's a perfect example yeah. of like, why is that person that's like, everybody always leaves me and they're afraid that people are going to leave? It's like, well, then hold on more loosely. Yeah. Your fear is creating your reality. Your fear is creating your reality. I love mm-hmm. that. And I think most people are walking around thinking about what they don't want mm-hmm. all the time. I don't want this. I don't want to be broke. I don't want them to hate me. I don't want to be broke. I don't want. But you're on the vibration of broke. Exactly. You're on the vibration of what you don't want. And something Abraham ta- Hawk talks about is we are such powerful manifestors of this life and of this uh, 3D meat suit experience that we're having that you actually can get exactly what you don't want if you think about it enough, which is really scary to think about because yeah. there's people out there, a lot of people who are literally living in their Obsessed worst with nightmare. what they don't want. Yeah. yeah. That they've just thought enough about what it's going to be like for it all to fail and be stupid and uh, broke or whatever they're, they're manifesting in their mind. And so I, I do believe that that's been a huge, huge shift in my business and my success. And I translate it to everything in my business and wellness too. I think if you believe that you're ill, you're going to tell yourselves that they're ill and you're going to make yourself ill. Mm-hmm. And it's just this vicious cycle like cancer. I told Sam this, our mutual friend, I'm not available for it. That's very clear in my body and in my system. I am not available for cancer. I'm not available for sickness. I, I've just kind of made that a decision in my system. And so, I mean, I've never been sick. I'm 28 years old. I've been sick maybe once in my life. I don't even know what that is ever. Never been sick. Knock on wood. Super weird, right? And so I just What did you have? Was it like the flu? Yeah. Like one time I've had like a runny nose. I've never been sick ever, ever. I've never had anything. I had no idea that this was a thing for you. Yeah. I get sick like four times a year. No, I'm never sick. I'm not available for Girl, it. Girl, I'm on antibiotics right now <gasps> sitting here. Yeah. No, I'm not available for it. Oh, my god! I know it's like a joke, but I literally say I'm not available. So I think it's one of those things where you almost set the standard of your life and your wellness and anything. Like, I'm not available to make less than this or I'm not available to be be sick or be I, – I really believe in this life that we – I guess it's radical responsibility. I just really think that I could set the standard and life meets me at the standard, whether that's crazy or not. But it, it seems to be working well, and I kind of want to study it more too because I think that it's a – Setting the bar. Setting the bar high. Wow. <laughs> or what do you want, you know? Yeah, well, so, I Isn't mean. Isn't weird about wellness? I've also yeah. never had a headache ever in my life. That's insane. I know. It's crazy. Angie, you are such a little creature. You continue to be. <laughs> I'm like, really. the weirder, the weirder. It's the I best. found out I was a, a starseed. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, for you guys listening who are like, what the fuck is up with this chick? Found out I was an alien. Treat. Found out I was an alien. Yeah, I did, too. Every time you walk in the room, I, I hear, like, you a little. I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's why uh, we gravitate. Yeah, like that's why we're friends. You know, it's interesting because those of you listening, you know, my sister passed away uh, the past month. Well, you told and him. Yeah, I just had mm. mentioned it on an episode I recorded today. Mm. And I, when I was watching my sister in the bed, you know when you're sick, which Angie wouldn't know, God bless her. Yeah. You feel like the world is moving faster than you because like you don't feel well, your head's kind of thick and it's like really hard to be here on the planet when you don't feel good. It feels like everybody's moving more quickly. It's slower. It's harder for you to think. And I was watching my sister in the hospital bed and I was like, wow, like it was such a weird juxtaposition to look at her. She was nearly a vegetable you know, in the bed on her, on her deathbed and look out the window and see cars driving, honking at each other, like so much life outside the window and so little life inside the room. And I'm sitting there looking at her, realizing, wow, like life ends and that's it. And I didn't, for a second, I didn't really know, does that motivate me to like play bigger? Cause part of me is like, yeah, life, life ends. Why do I have to take anything seriously or try hard about anything? And then the other half of me was like, life ends. So I better push hard and like have a, an incredible experience and 
I feel like you have this levity and we're like when you started in school and God bless you. I mean, I don't know a lot of people would have the courage to leave a degree a few months before it's over. Yeah. I just walked in. I said, no, I signed the papers. Yeah. Yeah. So I went down the elevator, called my mom and she said, I knew this phone call was coming. Oh my God. She was really cool about it. Thank God. She was like, go do whatever you want to do. I always remember that. My mom said, I'm not worried about you. Kind of what I said to you. She's like, I'm not worried. I know that whatever happens, you'll figure it out. Like you're one of the most resourceful people. And I think that you're just going to go figure it out. So there wasn't a, a moment of hesitation for me. And I find comfort in the question mark. I always say that. I really do. I'm like one of those sick, weird people who like ambiguity is bliss to me. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next in my life. I'm not mm-hmm. like a control. I don't like systems. I don't like mm-hmm. knowing what's next. But Which that's is a, why it's so magic that weird. you've made such an incredible living. Yeah, it is weird. So tell me like Airy Fairy Angie. <laughs> Wait, what were you? It was so good when you were saying something about, oh, it's so freaking good. What was I going to say? Oh man, Your little we'll come back to it. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Well, I was also just gonna say, like, but what, oh, that, that what? The, what you said when you saw your sister, I thought that was so fascinating. Thank you. You, you were saying, all yeah. right, should I just push then, or you know, this is all gonna be yeah, over? Yeah, like, do or? I give up and go to Bali and live on a beach for three dollars a day, and like <laughs> take one coaching client a month and not do anything else and find somebody out there and yeah. marry him and stop caring about anything that everybody Don't else is caring about? Don't shave your armpits. Yeah. Yeah, to give up, braid him, you know, let him free in the wind. Or do I? Can you picture me no, in Bali with like braided is, armpits just flapping in the wind? You're like on Insta story. You're like, hey guys. Check it out. Me and Herman. Hey, <laughs> Herman, my armpit. <laughs> is this too long? Pull, yes or no? I could totally, I'd do the weirdest I'd be like, pulls. no. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. <laughs> well, it's like. Oh, that. That is such a good question. Yeah. For well, all of us. everybody needs to figure out like what does success mean for them? But I think that. Fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and what does fulfillment mean? Right. And yeah. I think for you, you approach your career with that beginner's mind you talk about, yeah. that levity. I think a lot of people listening now, they're probably like, well, that's all good and well, but how do I, life feels heavy. I have rent to pay. I have a job yeah. I'm going to yeah. like how I know that is natural for you, but if yeah. you could really look at your being, yeah. what gave you, what questions did you ask yourself or thoughts did you have that created the reality of levity for you? Yeah. Oh, I love that levity. Yeah. That's such a great way to, to say it. I think it is going back to actually that really powerful question you just said between how do we want to spend our time here? I think that I think it is going back to that playfulness and that lightness of, I think people take life way too seriously. I'll just say as a whole, I would say most, I have very few friends other than you, maybe a few other people who I'm like, wow, they actually enjoy life. I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. are taking it very intensely and they're deciding to make it heavy and it's a choice, right? It's a choice to wake up and say, today's going to feel light and joyful and be, and almost be manifesting that experience or my choice is that today is going to suck. And then you're just kind of reiterating what you don't want to happen. People don't even realize they're making that choice. Oh, no, it's subconscious. They just wake up and think, I had a coach once that I sent this whole complaining email to like a decade ago. Yeah. And do you know what he wrote back to me? He wrote, I'm so sorry for all the thoughts you're putting yourself through. Wait, that's amazing. Yeah, just a one-liner. That's so true. Were you like, oh, man. Yeah. People don't realize that they're choosing what they think, you know. Choosing negativity. Well, so what thoughts do you have? Did you have about the world when you left your degree or when you started your fitness blog or you were so natural to sharing? Because I think a lot of people right now, like I said earlier, you know something that you can make a living off of. So what made it feel so safe? for you to share because so many people are afraid of looking like a fraud like who the hell wants my fitness tips or my whatever thing I think for me the pain of regret outweighs the risk of trying something that's it same thing that's it I just think that I'm I'm gonna be 98 years old one day and I'm gonna 
I'm going to always think about the things I wish I did or the people I wish I would have walked up and said hi to or whatever it was, you know, and I, they did this study once where they went around and they interviewed people who were on their deathbeds and they all were from different countries, races, sexes, and they all had one thing in common. And this is beautiful study. I should send it to you. And they all had the pain of all the things they wish they would have done. Yeah. And when you read those studies, you realize it's usually not the things they did do. It was the things they didn't do. So I always think that that's really important to keep in mind as a human, whether that's simply going up to someone that we're nervous to say hi to, whether it's publishing the book, starting the business, leaving the job, whatever it is, I think you're going to regret what you didn't do. And I think if you live with that deep, deeply rooted inside you, you'll always be able to drive with that as like the fuel. Yeah. Well, I was more scared of, of not, yeah, same thing. I was like, I was more scared of not tasting the flavor of life. Yeah. Flavors. The flavor. Yeah. And well, it's, it's funny because I think there's, you know, you said the word levity. You like, there's a levity to life that people don't realize is available for them. Yeah. Like a lot of the times, um, at the beginning of my master's in spiritual psychology, they said, you're just a soul having a human experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so anybody listening now, it's like, okay, so if you're just a soul yeah. having a human experience, what experience are you having right now? What yeah. kind of experience do you want to have? Yeah. But there's such a lightness to that where yeah. it's like, why do we have to make anything so heavy? It, it doesn't mean that if you're going through a breakup and your heart is broken, you don't feel your broken heart. Mm-hmm. But it does mean realizing the world's not over. There's more out there for you. Yeah. And you get to go have it the moment you choose the time. Yeah. And I think it's a choice too. I've chosen to not just be like, Oh, I'm a really happy person and good for me. It sucks for all of you. No, I've I've chosen it (laughs) as to be you guys. Yeah. yeah, Like sucks to be you, Becky. No, like (laughs) I see it as, okay, this is my gift I was given and God source whoever's like, all right, I'm going to make you a, a truly joyful person then I think one of my goals here is nothing to do with money or success or what business I truly want to be that person that whether it's my brother who said this, my close friends, my family, I want to be that person who says she's literally one of the most joyful people I know. And mm-hmm. I can count on that whenever you call me, I will bring you that joy. And I want to be that. I want to be a light, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that that's really valuable in a world that is so there's lots of heaviness, there's shit going on. I want to be that. So I've made a conscious decision that that's one of my roles here. Mm-hmm. So I think that helps me too, is that I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it because I know when I receive messages from women I don't even know in my audience who say, you, your happiness is contagious. It made me happy today. To know there's people suffering with depression and a lot of deep things that if I can bring that, then I have to keep bringing it. So it doesn't even feel like it's for me. It's for other people. I really I really want to see other people laugh and be joyful and enjoy this experience. I think one of my favorite things is seeing people laugh, obviously, and mm-hmm. making them laugh. And mm-hmm. so... I think it's a responsibility, and I think if you have that listening, you have to go spread that, as corny as that sounds, but that's really the best thing we can do here, and the only thing I can do here. If I die tomorrow and know that I was a joyful person for people, I mean, mission accomplished. I think that was a great life, right? Mm -hmm. It's like I'm not who what I have achieved or how much I've made, really. I'm who I show up as when I see people or when I'm around them. So Well, I'm I'm always interested when I look at people like you because you have really good results. You have, Mm -hmm. you started a podcast organically. You've had millions of downloads Mm -hmm. and you have made from that joy. Yeah. From that joy. (laughs) And you've made incredible profits and your clients love you and you have a live event coming up. Pays to be brave. The entrepreneurial event of the year. I was year. thinking of me jumping off the, yeah. the boat, remember? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'll be there. Maybe I'll speak. Who knows? It'll be fun. She will. You guys I'm will so down. <laughs> but, you know, I find that whenever I see somebody with results like you, yeah. I'm like, what is, how do they see the world that they're making that happen? What's going on in your head that makes you create that? Yeah. And so anybody listening right now, 
it's like maybe you want to take a second to check in and be like, what results am I creating my career? What yeah. salary do you have? Do you like your job? Are you having fun? Why haven't you left your job if you don't like it? Yeah. What are you believing that's keeping you stuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you thinking about? What are the thoughts? And oh, then it's like, and you know what it is because if I ask you right now, why aren't you leaving that job? Or why aren't you leaving that relationship or whatever? People's answer is what they believe. Yeah. And that keeps them where they are. And so I think it's like asking yourself who out there in the world is doing something like you are, Ange, where it's yeah. like they're inspired, they're excited. What do I need to believe yeah. to go create like that person? Oh, How I do I it. think they see the world? Yeah. And that's why I've had some business coaching clients where they're like, I want to be this. And I'm like, well, what is that person? Who do you need to be to be that person? Who do you need to be to be that person? What yeah. do you need to think to what be that person? What does your belief person? system need to be? Yeah, it's all about your belief system. I mean, it starts with the belief and then the belief is what causes action. The action is what causes results in my life. I also have this deep rooted belief that people are attracted to, and I don't mean just sexually, I mean, want to purchase from, work with, hire people who are joyful, happy, and positive and passionate. I truly believe that whether you're like, whatever, bubbly lady or whatever, but I truly believe that. So, and when I, when, when you own a personal brand or when you're a podcaster, People are literally paying me for my joy, which is kind of fucking cool because that's like my life now. But when I show up online, I, I am that girl and I want to be that girl. So I actually think it's my job to make sure I, I maintain that happiness and that joy because people are listening to the show for that reason. Same as you. They love that joy in you and that mm. playfulness. And so I think that it's also my job then, too. So maybe you're listening, thinking, why am I not getting that promotion or why maybe you do have a personal brand? You want to get it out there. I think it's important to know that you are the asset. So I treat my system and my energy and everything like it is the full-time job because it is. And so I take it seriously too. How can I, how can Angie be happy today? Whether that's like weird IV treatments for my health and wellness, moving my body, exercise. I treat it like this is the job and like this is the asset that I'm carrying through. And so I think when you take that seriously, but not seriously, then it helps to grow the business. So that's been my success. I think people want to know it wasn't ever a funnel. It wasn't anything. I mean, they don't even know. I don't even know if everybody knows what a funnel is, a sales funnel. You have your audience, your entrepreneur. They know. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody listening, a sales funnel is like, you know, when you see a Facebook ad and it's for a free experience and then it kind of dances with you on an email and then eventually you buy something. That's the bottom of the funnel. That's a good way to explain it really quickly. I'm like, man, funnels, how could we go into it? But organically, I think I've been able to sell and do really well and generate, I mean, a million dollars in courses last year, literally from, it wasn't one thing where I'm like, oh, it's my, just my copy, or it was this email sequence. I wish I could actually say it was something like that. I truly believe it's because when I show up on video or audio, I'm authentic, I'm me, I bring an energy and passion that people feel that they they want, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that that's important. And not to say it's always easy, I have shitty days too, but I think that's important to keep in mind is that, I realized that my greatest asset wasn't something that I, you can maybe download a course and learn. It was like, I'm going to bring my happiest self. Mm-hmm. So working on yourself, I think, is, as an entrepreneur, the smartest thing you can start with is mm-hmm. your mindset, your happiness, and your joy. Because no one's going to – when you're not joyful, the company is going to crash no matter what it is. Because yeah. if you're not leading with passion and you don't really want to sell it, I mean – no one's going to buy shit from someone who they can see through doesn't really even want to sell it. Right? So let's say, like, like, <laughs> let's say somebody's listening right yeah. now and they don't necessarily want to start a business yet, yeah. but maybe you want to be kind to your future self and do a few things <laughs> that would be helpful for you to eventually yeah. monetize. Yeah. So you started sharing things on Facebook. Like, what yeah. are some things that anyone listening right now, so let's say you realize as you're listening you're really good at cooking mm. or let's say you're really good at fitness or let's say you speak a foreign language mm. Or like something that you're uniquely good at, shopping, fashion, like anything you're into. What are a few steps anybody listening could take to just start creating content or assets Mm -hmm. 
or just to kind of percolate everybody's ears and eyes. I know it's such I a love good your word. Lingo. That's a ten dollar word. Yeah, percolate. Percolating. Percolate. <laughs> what was the other word? Your your le- levity. 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 Oh, percolate your levity. It. I know. So, you know. Second grade spelling bee loser, fifth p- place, but still crushing it here on the podcast. Oh my God, were you? How did I lost you, to the word how? synthesize. Yeah. Do you know how to spell it now? I mean, I'm I'm scared, but I can. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if I know. I'm like, I don't want to be rejected know. at age 31 with this You're word. You're like, again. I don't want to be rejected again. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Where are they? Can Where they can begin? We do? What are some like really yeah. low hanging fruit things? Yeah. That the potential entrepreneur who wants to step into the potential side hustle. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people right now, and. I, you know what? I'm not going to lecture you guys if you don't want to start a business yet because, you know, sometimes they're like, you either do or you don't. Commit, right? But maybe there's some of you who are kind of in exploration. Mm. Like, huh, it would be kind of nice to maybe make some money on the side. And I really love fitness or like – so what are some yeah. little things you can do to start creating a track record, a brand, or an yeah. energy out there? Yeah, absolutely. I would say – Video and audio are king. It's 2018 right now. If you were interviewing me five years ago, this conversation would be different, but let's take it into what is going on right now and what's relevant. Social media is the new way that people consume and trade and have experiences. I mean, end of story, whether you like social or not, we didn't make the game. We just got to play it. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I, you know, it's like it's the way the world works, you know? So I think that it's important to take what's in front of you that's a free asset to start. So if live video, which is amazing, Mark Zuckerberg came out with literally one of the most incredible things that ever happened to help me sell out all of my courses, which is live video on Facebook, which Mm. is unreal because it's free, doesn't Mm. cost me a dollar to use, doesn't cost you a dollar to use other than you have a Facebook account. And it's amazing because with this, this power of live video and Instagram story and Instagram live video, you're able to attract and communicate with people on such a deep level and just start sharing the passion. It doesn't have to be perfect. I have friends who now have seven figure businesses because they got on Periscope one day and were showing how to put makeup on because they're really good at makeup. And then the next thing you know, they have these huge internet marketing businesses about makeup and courses and all this crazy stuff because they got on Periscope a few years ago and a few people jumped on, told their friends about it, and they thought she was funny or interesting, and she was just sharing her passion. There was no business intent. So you don't have to start with the intent of, I'm going to monetize, let me get on this video, content creation. No, just get on and share what you're, what you're passionate about and see what happens. Because a lot of times you'll notice, whether it's people you've interviewed, I've interviewed on my show, 9 out of 10, the most successful people, it was an accident, quote unquote, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is funny because you're like, what? Mm-hmm. But it was an accident because they just led with passion. They just showed up. And so I think... For you listening, the best thing you can do right now is just show up. And if you're going to do it, I say go big. If you're going to show up and be visible, I would get your butt on video and or some sort of audio platform in addition to blogging or website and Insta posts and things like that. But I think so maybe somebody can just say, start with their Instagram, right? Literally, like, even just start, start on your Instagram more consistently. Yep. And also, those of you listening, I know clarity is huge. And yep. we were just talking on Angie's show. She had me on about how, you know, I always have told you guys, clarity comes from engagement. It doesn't come from thought. Yeah. You can't think your way to your purpose. You can experience it yeah. there. Yeah, think your way to your purpose. Yeah. yeah, but it's also following what feels good, like we talked about, mm-hmm. and, and trusting that your purpose is either right in front of you if you follow what makes your heart feel good. And you can be uncomfortable, but what feels good. And 
or the purpose is on the periphery of that opportunities that come in because you're following what feels so good for you. So I would say first, just check in with yourself. What feels good in your life? What do you do to get it? Maybe it's books and you want to start a book club and eventually you'll monetize it in some way. Maybe it's fitness. So just kind of think like, where do you like to spend your time? And if you don't know, ask somebody in your life, like, Hey, what do you find me enjoying? What do you find me interested in? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're going to get so many answers that you might not have thought about that people see you in your joy. Because Sometimes we don't realize when we're in our joy. Other yeah. people see us in it. Yeah, we don't even realize it. That's mm-hmm. so interesting. And I think it's good when you want to go into the next layer of, I always say, find what's relevant. Find something that is actually sellable. There's a demand in, in the industry or a market for it. And making sure that it's somewhat niche specific. So I always do market research before I put out any product or program. I'm kind of like a research junkie weirdo though. I mean, it's not like totally coming out of my butthole. I'm like, okay, <laughs> is this relevant? Is this in demand? Is this something people actually want? Would they pay for it? And is this niche specific? And if it doesn't check off all of those, I usually don't produce it. And so mm-hmm. I think it is important to have this level of like, this is what I'm passionate about. But also if you do want to make money online, I think there is this level of, okay, is there a YouTube video out about this pain point? Did that get at least 50,000 hits or wow, there's people commenting, oh my God, I love this. Or, oh my God, this was so helpful. Cool. That's probably That's a feedback. Feed- feedback. It's probably something people want. And then you can also go on Amazon book reviews. You guys go to amazon.com, type in a book in your niche. Let's say... I tell my wellness coaches this. Let's say you want to start a keto nutrition business. One, that's super relevant right now. So you know that it's in demand and it's something people want. It's a pain point that's actually real. You didn't just make it up that, oh, people would buy this. And you go onto Amazon. You can literally look up the reviews, which are free. People don't pay people to write those book reviews of a keto nutrition book, let's say. And you could see what people write. And they'll say, oh, man, I just wish you would have added this chapter too. Or, oh, man, this worked really well for me and my wife and we did this. And you could literally see all of this organic feedback on Instagram, Amazon, YouTube, Facebook, and you could study a market before you dive into it to see, wow, that's interesting. That's how people are responding to that. Or, wow, that's a pain point I could solve. I should make a quick video on that. Mm-hmm. So it's, giving, it's, it's helping you get a, a start to it so you don't have to come up with all the ideas. I have my girls do that all the time, and that's how they're creating really sellable content is that they did the work first to see what's going on. They reverse engineered, and then they're creating the content. So that's just an idea if you're like, oh, I want to get into the beauty industry. I would be studying beauty bloggers and vloggers and seeing what's going on. What's relevant? Do people want to know how to contour right now? Do they want to know how to, I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> not in the beauty industry, but yeah. find out what are the top pain points. I think being an entrepreneur is solving problems. That's it. End of story. You're solving yeah. problems. There's a problem in the market. People have a pain point. You're going to go in and solve it. I think we make it more complicated than it needs to be, but there's so much wealth in simplicity too. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. That's one of my, you were asking my belief systems. I believe there's so much wealth in simplicity. So I try to keep my business really simple because I think the more complex doesn't always mean the more money. It could actually mean more of a headache and then definitely shit's hit in the fans. I've seen that before. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of your, your, what my happened experience. to you? Yeah. yeah. Is that more and more resulted in just more stress? Too much. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of going into Facebook video, like, have you found, Mm -hmm. I've noticed that the algorithm on Facebook has changed Mm -hmm. and that I'm not, I used to get 17,000 views or Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. on a Facebook live. And now it's like, I'm lucky if I hit a thousand. So what do you think is coming in the market? What do you think is Mm -hmm. going? Like Mm -hmm. those of you listening, if you want to get into beauty, you're, let's say you do your research and you want to create your makeup videos. Um, but yeah, like where do you think things are headed? Yeah. I definitely believe that short form content is in right now because we we live in uh, an industry where things are really 
long consumption, long form content isn't doing as well because people have such strong ADD, especially when they're consuming. So that's why Insta Story is doing so well right now. There's over 300 million people watching Insta Story every day. I'm actually coming out with an Insta Story course of how to use Insta Story to sell because I think it's so powerful. It's actually where majority of my sales come from. It's Insta Story, which is crazy if you think about it, but it's actually not because it's so digestible, it's so entertaining, it's so quick. And people are more likely to watch Insta story now than a YouTube video because I'd rather just see real quick what Ashley's doing or Becky's doing throughout her day, get a snippet of her lifestyle, which she does, versus sitting there and watching a bobbling head talking for 20 minutes. So there's pros and cons to each, of course, but keeping in mind that I do think you should have some sort of short form content with what you're doing so people can consume you in a quick fashion every day and you stay top of mind for them versus they always have to go read something or watch something that's 30 minutes long and it's really, really long and drawn out. So even podcasting, it's really smart to also have 10 to 20 minute quick like Friday tip episodes versus always drawn out really long form content as well. I think consumers are getting bored and they have ADD and I think it's important Mm -hmm. to keep I'm one of them that in mind yeah yeah you're more likely to listen to something or watch something if it's super quick sometimes so I think that's on the rise and then video and audio I think virtual reality of course is going to come in with social media but right now I think the smartest thing you can do is get your butt on video and or just do something story just do something just do something start somewhere And, and what's great about insta story is that you're practicing getting in front of the camera, showing your face, getting comfortable speaking, and then you can get more comfortable and maybe do a YouTube video or things like that. But I think it's a great way to practice and get comfortable presenting because regardless of if you're coming out with a physical product, whatever you're doing, I think building confidence around explaining what it is you do and who you are is a really valuable skill, especially with job hunting. Whether you're in a room and someone's interviewing you, whether it's on a Facebook Live and I have to sell my stuff, I think the ability to communicate who you are and what you do is such a great skill. That's really helped me to sell the things that I want to sell (laughs) because you could have a great idea, but if you don't know how to express it Mm -hmm. and express the pain points and what it is and what it solves and there's a miscommunication and then mm-hmm. the sales, the sale fails. Mm-hmm. The sale fails. Fa- that's a fail sale. That's a, fa- <laughs> that's a failed sale. So, um, yeah, I work with that a lot with my girls right now. It's not that they're not fantastic and they're not amazing. It's not that they don't have a good product. There's this bridge, as you like to say, there's this, this interim where they don't know how to articulate it. So people aren't buying it. Yes. And I think that's marketing is that yes. pure communication and that yes. really juicy, clear, crystal clear communication. Well, and I think there's some legwork and I think we're kind of covering that right now. Like before you even sell anything, I think there's a, like a joy and B an investment in just starting to share content and getting people's eyeballs, even if they're your friends on you, not because you're self-absorbed, not because, you know, like be careful what, you know, pay attention to what your beliefs are about that, by the way, because those of you listening, I'm sure you're having some sort of belief system come up. Maybe you're the beauty girl or the fitness girl or Mm -hmm. the sports guy that you want to teach people how to play tennis, whatever it is. Maybe you went to law school and you want to have your own practice or people on the side. Like some of you are probably thinking, oh God, like I don't want to share stuff. Like write down, like pause this and write down like, why not? Why not you? And write down everything. Why not? Like, I don't want to do this because those are all your beliefs and fears that you have. And believe me when I tell you the person who's out there doing the things that you really want to be doing, there's other stories going on in their head because there's no way they could create the success that they wanted with those stories. So, and like, so let's say, you know, Becky's listening and she's like, I got 500 followers on my Instagram and I've always wanted people to watch my makeup, me do my makeup. So, you know, this week I'm going to do some makeup videos, you know, (laughs) what other things do you have just to kind of help people in getting their start? Yeah. Yeah. I love that Becky. And I think also on on the mental side of that, like you said, the comparisonitis or the fraud syndrome, those are two really big fear gremlins. 
keeping in mind that you're a gift, not a burden. And a lot of times when we don't execute, it's because we're being really selfish too, which, hey, I've, I've been there and I still find myself doing that where I'm pouty and I don't want to do it. And then I realize, again, it's not about me. And so if you're in your head a lot about what are they going to think about me, my hair, my makeup, oh my God, I have a zit. Like you're thinking of all these things when you get on video when that's not the purpose of the video. The purpose of the video was to get yes. content and something valuable. And I've noticed over time, I've done thousands of live videos now women don't really care about that. They kind of like, oh, your hair looks cute, but like they care about the energy and the, the delivery of w- what it is I'm actually giving them. They don't really care about that. And mm-hmm. so getting out of your own effing way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times before I go live, I'm like, this isn't about me. This isn't about me at all, actually. This is just about the information that I need to be a vessel to give. It's not about me. And so it's it's dropping your ego a lot around what are they going to think? What's my grandma Susie going to think if I post this? Or I don't know why <laughs> your grandma Susie's on Insta story, but God bless grandma Susie. I She's still that. with it and fresh. She's probably listening to little John right She's now. She's probably like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, it's like, I get that question a lot. I just got it the other day. Hey, what do I do if my uncle's wife's sister's best friend doesn't like my videos? I'm like, Delete. Let them not like it. Let her not like it or block her. Like, what do yeah. you mean? We don't have time for this. Keep going. So yeah. I think it's important when you're on Instagram, like you said, the basics to have some sort of niche specific content to start. I think all brand and all creators should start niche and then you can go wide. So start with something specific, searchable and relevant. I always say, so something that people are actually looking for, how to do this, how to do blank. You could check on YouTube to find all relevant searchable content and have a niche. I teach my women to have a niche first and then you can go wide. So it's important to have a specificity before you're just teaching everything and you're a lifestyle expert. I think to get to become a lifestyle expert, you have to do a few different niches first and then you can open it back up. So you mm-hmm. start narrow, then you go wide. Cause I know there's someone listening who probably wants to be a lifestyle brand. And I think that takes first mastering something and getting really good at it before you can go wide and, and teach it all and be Gandhi, you know, mm-hmm. so being careful. Be of, Gandhi of the internet. Well, so yeah. tell me like, what do you think? Yeah. I know a lot of people listening, they love to travel and they would love to be a travel blogger. Yeah. Like, what do you think is the difference between the people who take off and the ones who don't? I know you could say passion yeah. and the levity you bring to the table, but like, yeah. what else is it? Yeah. Because, like what, from a business standpoint, what are these people doing in the beginning that yeah. really sets them up? What did you do yeah. early into your yeah. podcast that got you so much traction? Yeah, I think it's two things if you're with the travel blogger one. I think one is time. Time is the most unsexy business asset that no one ever talks about. So it's time. So the difference between you and Stacy is Stacy's been doing it longer. 100%. You know who Marie Forleo is? Yeah. Okay, so my friend saw her on the train one day and said to her, Marie, Marie, I need to know. Oh my God, I love you. I'm your biggest fan. And she said, Marie, what is your biggest business secret? Like, tell me right now, if you could just tell me I'm 25, what is it? And she goes, there is no difference between you and me other than time. That's it. And she like walked away. And I'm like, that is such a good answer because a lot of times it's just time. You know, if you're 20 years old listening to this, give yourself some grace. It's just time. You just started the blog. You You just started it. Well, it's consistency too. It's like done sexy. It's so true. But a lot of people make a story in their head if they've been at something for six months and it's not getting the traction they want. It's game over. But how many actors have you heard that they got famous at age 50 because they put in the time, the time, the unsexy time. So one, I think it's time. And two, I think it's, bringing all of you to the surface, of course, finding that competitive edge. I think you only have to be 10% different than your competition to really stand out, which means you could be doing something just a little bit different than all the other travel girls are doing. Maybe it's the way you present your videos, the way you edit them. Maybe it's your style, your delivery, finding out what makes you a little bit different since there is so much noise in the market. And also I think it is treating it like a business. So 
I think when you do have, of course, the passion and all of that, but you do have to treat it like it's a job, like it is a full-time job, outsourcing when you need to outsource, staying mm-hmm. in your zone of genius as much as you can. So I think the difference is some girls treat it like a hobby and expect to be paid, and then oh some gosh, people go yes. in, treat it like a business. So once I shifted that, I was like, this is a business. This is full-time, like podcasting. I treat it like it is a business, so it became a business and started monetizing it. And I dedicated all my time and energy to it. I became obsessed in the pursuit of how do I – get this to be a high quality top show. And I think that if you come at it with that angle versus, Oh, we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah, you can be a little bit aloof with it. And like, of course I have the naivety, but you also need to know, like, this is going to happen and be real. This reminds me of a friend from college and she always wanted to be like a fashion blogger. Yeah. And she? she finally started her fashion blog. And it's like once a month I see a Facebook notification, new blog post up, but it's not even the same day or time of the month. It's like literally she woke up and decided today is the day I'm going to post to this thing. (laughs) And it's just so hard for me because as somebody who like you really, and those of you listening, I know we're telling you, feel free to get out there and start doing small things and you don't have to commit to the business idea yet. Just put yourself out there. But it's like, this person put it out there in in the world, like I'm doing this fashion blog, and it's like she posts when she's in the mood, and I think that's the difference. You're between, not always gonna be. Yeah, you're not gonna be in the in the mood. There's a difference between the amateur and the pro. And yeah. I had a conversation with one of my employees at Cake Publishing, where she's a writer, and it's a very creative job, right? She's yeah. one of our ghost writers, and it's like she will tell me like, oh, I'm tired today, and I'm I really try to keep um, work flexible for my employees. So yeah. I'm like, oh, if you're tired, like take care of yourself, put finish as long as your deadlines are good, you're work is good. Yeah. I'm happy. But she's been tired lately. For six months. And I'm like, oh, that's the difference is that the amateur thinks that the tiredness or the not in the mood or they'll have a story in their head about time. Time is scarce. There's never enough. Like they relate yeah. to time in this very scarce way. Yeah. They stay in the amateur lane because they always come up with a reason as to why they don't respect yeah. and honor something that they said they're going to yeah. do. And by the way, I found in my master's in spiritual psychology. I need to go do this. Yeah, it's a really good program, Ange. It is. It lowers your self-esteem. If you don't keep the pro- the commitments you make to yourself, wow. it directly hurts your self-esteem. So the amateurs are sitting in this lane where they're hurting their self-esteem. They're not making it. And then the pros are the ones where they don't take their tiredness yeah. or their busy schedule as an invitation, excuse, or opportunity yeah. to bow out. Yeah. So I love that. That's so good. That's yeah. so good. And you're not always going to be in the mood, of course. but And you can be human every now and again, but it's like... Uh, the general theme should be yeah. commitment. Yeah, just be a general commitment, even if it's a little bit that you did that day. Staying hella consistent, I think, is is the secret. Absolutely. And, and it, yeah, I mean, you articulated it so beautiful. And I how comfortable even... are you with failure, right? Like you were talking yeah. earlier about what do people think of me, what do people think of me. It's like I've told my business clients in the past, like, if you're thinking that thought, use that as an indicator that an alarm just went off that you're not even being helpful. Yeah. Because you're too busy thinking about you, and it's not about you, like you said. 100%. So it's like an alarm clock that's like, oh, you're out of service. Literally, get back into service. Like, help people. Yeah, get back into service. I think that's been the biggest shift for me, too, is keeping that in mind when I'm creating things. And even when a troll comes up. I mean, anytime you're visible online, there's always going to be something or Becky. Trolling you. Becky the bitch who doesn't, yeah. you know, believe it or see it or know what's going on. And I think when I'm super selfish, I let that comment or that thing get it get to me. And then I have to get out of it really quick and say, no, wait, there are thousands of other women that this is going to be helpful for and that need this message. So who are you to just quit right now? Yeah. And I think that that is really interesting to be shifting. Yeah. And, um, well, there's something to be said about that, Ange, because there's a lot of people, oh my gosh, Angie's little puppy is looking at us right now. (laughs) 
Hi, girly. There's a lot of people who think in order for me to position myself as an expert who knows anything, I need to be all the way at the top of the staircase. And what I've found in coaching especially yeah. and in any sort of teaching and any sort of work, you just need to be two steps ahead of the person yep. you're helping. Yep. Because you don't – like if, if you are, want to start a coaching business, you don't need to hire like Tony Robbins yeah. who's at the top of the staircase. You just yeah. need somebody who's gotten a few steps ahead of you yeah. that can help you go up that stairwell. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so they're closer to the to surface that. too. So the benefit of you – being that coach or you hiring coaches who are a few steps ahead is they actually can feel you more. Yeah. They're more relatable to you where I probably wouldn't hire Tony Robbins. Well, Tony, I love you, but I, I don't think it'd be smart for a woman to just get out and do that. I think that, and also expecting yourself to be that way. Sometimes it's not Oprah who's going to change your life. It's someone who is like, Hey, I, I actually just went through that. I want to give you some tips. Yeah. Yeah, and what, I mean, there's so many coaches that are teaching what they're processing right now, and they're qualified, they're good facilitators, yeah. and they just are moving through something that they yeah. can better teach because of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this has been so great. I want to know, know, like, what do you what do you have to share for everybody <laughs> listening, yeah. like, for them to find you? Where can everybody come? Yeah, I spent all my all my time. That sounded sad and depressing, but, you know. It's the truth. On Insta Story, so you guys can hang out with me on Instagram. Go yeah. to Angie Lee Show, or you can head to AngieLee.com. That's where all of my freebies are, my resources, info about pays to be brave. If you are on the West Coast or want to travel to the West Coast to come to my female entrepreneurial event, it is October. I'll be there. Yeah, dancing. It's going to be amazing. October 19th through 21st in San Diego. It's a confidence marketing and entrepreneurial event for female entrepreneurs or women who want to be entrepreneurs. So it's definitely open and available for women who have a nine to five and they're still considering starting their own business or don't really know. So if you're totally new, it's, it's absolutely open to you as well. I, I really realized that an event like this needed to exist. And I felt like there was either the super woo-woo events or there was the super masculine marketing events. So I wanted something in the middle that allowed women to come play, explore, figure out what's holding them back, and then also have an amazing time and meet awesome women. So I like you. Ange, thank you so much for being on the show. I thank love you. you. I love you, and I love you guys listening. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Such a weirdo. <laughs> Bye, guys. Hey there, it's Ash, and I'm reflecting on this past episode with Angie Lee. Uh, she is a really good friend, but more than that, she is one of those friends that I get inspired by every time I see her because she seems to have a mindset that if she wants to do something, it's possible. And I found that more often than not, most people have this gap that exists between an amazing idea they have that they feel resonant with and the belief that it's possible. And I found that the action takers are the one that don't have that big of a gap between their idea and the belief that it's possible. And because of that, they take action really quickly. I'm somewhere in the middle. I have a lot of ideas. I know that they're possible. I have other ideas and I feel overwhelmed by them. So it's not necessarily an extreme where you're one way or the other. But one thing that I really loved about this episode was that it got me thinking about how approachable something can be. And I've committed to myself that I won't create a business that doesn't support me in my freedom because I know that when I'm more free, I'm more creative, which is another core value of mine. And I've honored that since I've created Ashley International for coaching on life coaching, business coaching, career coaching, cake publishing, my ghostwriting house. My team is all over the world. Nobody has to work from an office, although I've provided one to a couple of employees. 
I've just found that this has been such an inspiring way for me to do business. And so I think the first question I want to ask you is, do you want to stay in the workforce or do you want to be an entrepreneur? Or what I think is the best is, do you want to have both worlds? Um, So maybe you're somebody who wants to keep your job. You like being in the corporate world, but you would love to make some money on the side doing something you're inspired by. And if that's the case, I'm so excited that you're, you've tuned into this episode because what I've learned from my own experience is that business and side businesses are about momentum. And momentum is about knowing the key steps. Because I used to think that starting a business, making money off a business was this like elusive, I don't know, like scary monster in my closet that I would never be able to master. And what I found was anybody out there who's really successful, all you need to know is that they followed some key steps. And if you learn what those steps are, you can model yourself after them. And it's not about copying them. It's about understanding the rhythm that it takes to create a business. There's a rhythm to it. Uh, And another question I have to ask you is if you want to stay in the workforce and you want to have a side hustle, why both? So I think some of you probably love your job and you love the accountability and you just would love to make some money on the side. I think other people who are listening, maybe it's you, you're listening thinking, well, I just want the security, quote unquote, of the workforce. And if there's anything I've learned, it's that the ability to make money on your own and to be able to count on yourself, once you learn those key steps, you can apply them everywhere. Once you create a foundation of any level of success, you can pivot on it and you can apply what you learn to it and keep creating success. And I know that this sounds kind of like an enigma if you haven't leapt into creating a side hustle, but here's a few reasons why I find side hustles so inspiring. First of all, right this moment, no matter where you are in your life, you do have a skill that you can monetize. That could be as simple as the fact that you speak English or any other language. You can monetize that as tutoring or training or language lessons. Or maybe you're really good at math and you want to start be a tutor and then eventually have tutors under you when you get too many clients. Um, Maybe you're really good at gardening and you want to garden for the houses in your area. Uh, Whatever it is, believe it or not, there are certain tools, talents, and abilities you have that people would pay for. So I think the first question to ask yourself is, what do you know that people would pay for? Language skills, hobbies, you know, maybe you're into art, whatever that is. Um, And another question is, what do you really enjoy of all of those skills? And from there, the third question I have for you is, what's holding you back from putting a website up, letting people know that you do this on the side? Um, what is keeping you, and usually it's a belief that you have, right? And we've gone through our beliefs and how to reprogram them. Um, we went through how to reprogram your beliefs on the episode, I believe it was episode 19 with Jane Garapik about love. Uh, and we also talked about your mindset in episode one with Benjamin Hardy and so many other episodes about how to reframe your mindset and your approach to what's possible for you. So when it comes to starting a side hustle, making money on the side, what do you think about yourself? What do you think about business or the world that is keeping you from doing that? And maybe you're listening now and you're thinking, I just don't really want to do that. I love my job and I love having my weekends. That's amazing. And I stand for you doing what you really feel called to do. But I think there's a lot of you out there who would love to make some money on the side expressing yourself. And I found that entrepreneurship is really just a vehicle for you to further express yourself in the world, for you to further step into who you are, and for you to take some skill you have and wrap a business around it um, so that that skill can become this vehicle for you to express yourself. 
And that's what I want for you if you're listening and thinking, you know, because there's so many clients that I've coached on how to launch a service-based business one-on-one. And once they make it to that six-figure mark, they always get to a place where they realize, wow, there are steps and systems that got me here. And I've found that usually it's those clients who come back and say, okay, now I want this to be a million-dollar business. And I always tell them, okay, well, what got you to Egypt doesn't always get you to the promised land. There's different steps and systems that are going to help you scale your business. But what's more important than anything, and this is what I want to leave you with, is not whether you want to start a business or not. It's not how much money you make. It's about how you feel. Because when we chase after a goal, when we pursue a goal, what we're really pursuing is how we think that goal is going to make us feel. And when I started a business, I will be completely candid. I wanted, to, I just thought I'm going to make a lot of money and then I'm going to be able to have a family and not worry so much about money. Because when I was a kid, my dad lost his company and I was incredibly stressed watching him panic about money. And even though he got back on his feet, I never forgot that time. But after I really started diving into business and entrepreneurship and I faced some massive failures that knocked me off of my feet, I was able to really take a look at who I was and what I wanted and realize okay, I can't chase money. It doesn't work for me. So I forgave myself for every belief and every fear that I had that kept me in a chase of money and success and what I thought it would give me. And then I got really centered on myself. And this is my invitation to you is to ask yourself, okay, if this isn't about money, it's about how I want to feel. How do you want to feel in your career? Do you want to feel inspired? Do you want to feel moved? Do you want to feel appreciated? Do you want to feel valuable? Do you want to feel creative? Pick a couple keywords that really express how you want to feel in your career. In my case, I want to feel free and I want to feel moved. And for example, that's why I created businesses eventually that never had me stuck to any location. That's why I live in Los Angeles and I live in Paris. Um, I also want to feel moved. That's why I'm a writer because I feel really moved by the podcast. I feel really moved by writing the book about taking a U-turn. And that's what I really want. To me, one of my core values is connection. So a lot of how you want to feel is tied to your core values. So really thinking, what is my deepest core value? Is it connection? Is it family? Is it freedom? Is it creativity? How do I want to feel in my career? How do I want to bring that into my career? And after you know how you want to feel, then set goals based on that feeling. And the second piece of it is start doing things in your life right now to create that feeling. Because here's the deal. That goal out there, that ever elusive carrot that you're chasing, you're not going to get that feeling once you get there. You're going to start to nurture that feeling now so that as you get there, the journey that you take there embodies that feeling. So how can you bring that into your life now? For example, I love freedom. There's so many ways for me to feel freedom. I feel a sense of freedom when I'm writing, so I can write anytime. I feel a sense of freedom when I'm jogging, when I'm traveling. It doesn't have to be something you pay for. I can take a jog. Um, That's something that I can do for free. So think, what are the experiences I can create in my life right now to create how I want to feel in my career? Because once you create those feelings now, they start to just bleed everywhere else for the better. All right, this is Ashley Stahl signing off, wishing you a beautiful and abundant week and I can't wait to connect for next week's episode.
Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. You can find all of the resources that our guest mentioned on our show notes at U-TurnPodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N Podcast.com. Also, don't forget, on the website, we've got our four free e-courses, whether you want to land a new job you love, get clarity on the best career path for you, launch your dream business, or deepen your romantic relationships. I'll talk to you soon. Can't wait to connect on next week's episode. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.